This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning and Happy New Year. This is Marshall Davis. Westerners and Americans in particular are infatuated with the individual self. Now that might be true of a lot of cultures in our world today to different degrees especially those who have been influenced a lot by Western culture. But regardless of whether it's true everywhere, it's certainly true of my culture. The symbol of this obsession with the self is the selfie. I am amazed at how many selfies some people post on Facebook, for example, which is the only social media that I am on. I guess you would expect this from adolescents and teens, but when people in their 40s post a new selfie every other day, you know that something powerful is going on in our culture. It is clear that for many people, it's all about them. In other words, we are infatuated with the self. We are self-absorbed. We live in a society that focuses on the individual. The myth of the rugged individualist is central to American culture. Earlier in my life, I read a lot of Louis L'Amour novels that are set during the early years of our country. Many of them, the ones I like the most, took place in colonial times, but most of his works were set in the Old West. The protagonist is always a solitary man who braves the elements and makes his own way. Westerns on TV when I was growing up had the same image. I grew up watching The Lone Ranger and now I think what a name, The Lone Ranger. Of course it was Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone. You know in American capitalism we still have this myth of the self-made man. Social media encourages the cult of the self, producing psychological and social problems for for many people, especially young people, surrounding self-image and self-identity and self-esteem. Many psychological problems, I think, can be traced back to a maladjusted self. We feel the need to protect our image of ourselves emotionally and psychologically and physically. So we develop all sorts of social, physical, and psychological mechanisms to protect ourselves. Self-centeredness, self-absorption, and plain old selfishness are all expressions of the self. Religion often advocates unselfishness as an antidote, but seldom does it directly address the fundamental problem of the self, at least my religious tradition does not. 
it ends up simply being a self-improvement program or a system of self-management, which is still all about the self. Unfortunately, religion sometimes makes matters worse rather than better through a religious self-righteousness. The self itself <laughs> is the problem. It's a distortion of reality. True spiritual life is a realization that there is no self, and the process of discovering and being who and what we really are. In this way we move from self-obsession to what Jesus taught, which was self-denial. Jesus said, anyone who would be my disciple must deny himself, deny his self, deny the self. Take up his cross, Jesus said, and follow me. So the way of Jesus is the way of self-denial. Now this has been badly misunderstood historically in Christianity. It quickly developed into an anti-body, anti-flesh uh, type of asceticism, sometimes even masochism and self-mutilation. But all that does is fabricate a self-righteous religious self that is opposed to the natural tendencies of the physical body. This so-called solution is worse than the problem. Such a person is more deluded by the self than they were before. True self-denial, as Jesus was talking about it anyway, is not asceticism, certainly not masochism. It is healthy, joyful, I would say playful living. Jesus quickly got a reputation in his country for not being an ascetic, unlike John the Baptist, for example. Jesus was known for not fasting. He was known for hanging out with what were called wine-bibbers, and with people who did not follow the religious rules like the Pharisees did. Most of his parables were about parties. He seemed to like parties. His first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding feast because they had ran out of wine. Self-denial is not an ascetic, physical, or psychological discipline. Self-denial is denying that there is a self. It is literally selflessness. Jesus said, Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will save it. And the word translated life here in the Gospels is suke. It comes over in English as psyche, which means a psychological self. This is about losing oneself. It's as simple as that, yet as difficult as that, because this is not a doctrine that we have to believe, but this is a truth to be realized. But most of the people that heard Jesus did not realize what he was talking about. So after a couple of years, two or three years it seems, of Jesus teaching this, he realized something more was necessary in order to get across his message. That is when and he, why he decided to die on the cross. That cross was his teaching on self-sacrifice. The cross is not a sacrifice for sin, 
the way it was later historically interpreted in Christianity. Jesus did not have a transactional understanding of the spiritual life. The cross was a symbolic, prophetic action meant to communicate the spiritual necessity to give up the self, to surrender the self, self-sacrifice. So far in this episode I've gone from talking about self-obsession to self-denial to now self-sacrifice. The cross of Jesus was not an atonement for sin. It was not penal substitutionary atonement. It was not a way to propitiate a bloodthirsty, angry God. It was not God's way of punishing Jesus for our sins to satisfy a cosmic moral code. Those ideas became part of Christianity and they arose very early in the history of Christianity, so early that you can find them in the writings of the New Testament. So some of the early Christians did believe things like that, but some didn't. But the ones that did believe these things prevailed and they censored and banned all the books that didn't agree with this position. So now we have a New Testament that teaches a transactional understanding of the cross that Jesus never taught. Jesus taught self-denial and self-sacrifice. One lets go of the self, offers it up as a sacrifice, so to speak. His death was meant as the supreme symbolic teaching of self-surrender. It was a prophetic action. Jesus saw himself as a prophet. Prophets were known in the Old Testament to perform symbolic actions that communicated truth. That's what Jesus was doing. Jesus performed the greatest prophetic action in history by dying on the cross to communicate giving up the self. Self-sacrifice. He was willingly giving his life as a demonstration of how to be free from the bondage to the illusion of the self. We are to die to self. Jesus dying on the cross was him saying that we are not the body or the psychological self that is a creation of the brain which is simply part of the body. The Apostle Paul talked of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. The separate self is a creation of the mind, which is a function of the human brain, which is simply an organ of the human body. Jesus dying on the cross was his way of showing that he did not identify with the body or the mind, and he could give those up, and that we could give up body and mind, and still we would be. That's the meaning of the resurrection. That's why the cross was not the end of Jesus' gospel. The cross is not the greatest of Jesus' prophetic or symbolic actions. The resurrection is the greatest. The cross is only understood properly along with the empty tomb and the resurrection. The empty tomb teaches that the body is not what we really are. The resurrection, when you read the accounts carefully teaches us that the psyche 
is not what we really are. Read the resurrection accounts and you will see that the repeated theme is that the disciples did not recognize the risen Christ. They did not recognize him physically or psychologically. And that is because the risen Christ was not the old physical Jesus or the psychological Jesus. The risen Christ was and is the cosmic Christ that transcends any separate individual identity. This is the teaching of self-realization. We realize what we really are. So in this episode I've gone from self-obsession to self-denial to self-sacrifice to self-realization. And in my vocabulary, self-realization is the same as the realization of no self. There is no individual self. The separate self is simply a temporary and temporal manifestation, an expression of the divine connected with a particular body and mind. But when that particular body and mind are no more, the self is no more. Yet what we really are, whether you want to call that a self with a capital S, whether you want to call it no self, that remains. This eternal self, this eternal spirit, is all we ever are and ever have been. The spiritual life is waking up to this reality. Jesus taught this reality. When he realized that his words were not communicating this reality, he demonstrated it in the symbolic actions of his death and resurrection. We follow his way of the cross by moving from obsession with the self to realizing the true self, which is no self. From self-obsession to self-realization. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.